Live from the Battleborn Broadcast Center, it's Cofield and Company. Even at like seven, I was very cheap, and I'm like, I'm going to have this, this shirt for a long time. I can't even comprehend this question. I wouldn't want land. I wouldn't want animals. I don't want any of that. I don't want scenery. I don't want space. No, it didn't look like... I don't like, want open spaces at all. It didn't look like there was a... within miles of that place. I'm out. It's time for Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield on ESPN Las Vegas. All right, here we go on a Wednesday. Cofield and Company, Battleborn Broadcast Center is our home today. 570-9000 is a number at Battleborn Injury Lawyers. Adam Hill is the company. It is Cofield back in our Finley Toyota Studios. Is Ari. Much to get to today. Blockbuster morning. Another massive trade in the National Football League to get to. We'll hit on Devontae Adams and some of the first interviews and press conference he did yesterday on the ground. In Las Vegas, I will also, it'll be much later in the show, this is like a two-hour and 45-minute tease to the grab bag. We'll get into the transfer portal and what's going on with men's basketball in the Mountain West Conference. Um, Stories on Justin Bean at Utah State, David Roddy at Colorado State, and uh, CSU has just lost their best player. Uh, If you listen to the Michigan-Colorado State broadcast, you remember the name? Deshaun Thomas. Deshaun Thomas, who... Shot like 38 threes the entire year. Well, he got off to a fast start against Michigan, and all of a sudden the announcers were like, they got to get Thomas going the entire game. Like, he averages six points a game. Well, anyway, long story short, uh, the center for the Rams has entered the transfer portal, and this is going to be the story all over college basketball. I think the portal is now filled with 750-plus players, so we'll do the best job we can updating you on the team close to home and their opponents, the Rebels, in the Mountain West Conference. So Devontae Adams introed yesterday. You guys were at the press conference. I saw some one-on-one action with him as well. He was on Q show yesterday, Q over on Raider Nation Radio 920. So make sure you go up to lvsportsnetwork.com and listen to that interview. Uh, Ari did a great job along with the vast sound crew grabbing some Devontae cuts yesterday. And uh, I thought this was funny. He talked about initially finding out because he was kind of confused. Like, is this real? Is it not real? But I thought the place where he found out was intriguing. I'm still processing the whole thing right now. Honestly, it's it's been a lot, man. Um, it happened quick. I was in the bathroom when when uh, when I found out that I got traded. I was like, oh, okay, so I, I got a call and I was like, I'm gonna, make, I'm gonna call him back. And then I get a text from from one of my old uh, coaches, Luke Getzey, sent me a screenshot of uh, on Twitter the the trade happening. And as soon as I looked at it, I flipped it. I'm like, because I didn't even get told about it yet. Yeah. So I'm like, what is going on? So then after that, as soon as I looked at it, I put my phone back down. It just started going crazy. And that, I mean, to this point, I still haven't finished. I got like 200 plus text messages. It's been crazy. It's been. Um... It's been crazy. Like you said, 200 texts. He hadn't answered all of them as of yesterday. Do you think he got all the news for like a long time on well, I was going to say on the toilet, but he, all he said was he was in the bathroom. So he could have been like, you know, washing his hands for all we know. Sure. Uh, you guys didn't follow up on that one. Could have been in the shower. Along, I could have been in the shower. Yeah. Sure. Does, uh, do you know people who actually have, do they have the little, uh, like the little pouch, the glove that you put your phone in while you shower so you can no. make sure to scroll with one hand and wash with the other? No, I put, I have a, like a shelf up above the shower. Yeah. And I, I mean, I'm never without the phone. You have the <laughs> phone in the shower. Of course. You have in it like in a little waterproof pouch? No, it's above. 
So like the so what if you go down in the heap and all of a sudden you know they're splashing and stuff? No, no, no. It's not above the. It's it's like it's probably what nine, eight or nine feet. Okay, up. all right. So you just you just reach out. It's, there's like a window up above yeah. the shower, and there's a window sill under it. Okay, it's up there. You because you either play music or you know whatever you're doing. I don't do that. Listen to podcasts. I'm just there to shower. <laughs> That's weird. I can I can be with my without my phone <laughs> for my. Uh, I'm very clean for my ninety seconds. Also, hour. you know, rookie move by Devonte in a couple of ways. Um, first of all. If something like that happens, like, you, you know, I've been in this situation a little bit before of like, you know, you're about to get a bunch of texts. Um, you turn, you don't keep the, the vibrating text thing off on. You, you turn it off. You don't want any notification at all. You just want the phone to accept all the messages without constantly vibrating. You don't want to hear that, that over mess and over. Up your music. Sure. But also it's, it's just annoying and it runs your battery down way quicker. Like you turn off the ringer. You don't want to hear the every time a message comes in. That's silly. So uh, rookie move there. Adam's first concern is this was all going down as he was finding out about the deal to the Raiders was uh, he better tell his family and he better tell them quick because they do not like to find out on the internets about Devontae News. So I call him. I call my mom, my dad, try to get to them before they see it on social media because my mom especially, she'll be like, boy, you, you let me find out this out on social media. I just, that's what she tell me about everything. It can be like the most minor achievement if she don't if she find out on, on social media before she's gonna say something to me so i called her called my dad i'm like look here's the deal boom boom boom. they're going crazy i'm like i'll call you back had finally able to take a break a little bit later it was a little emotional uh me and my wife both was kind of sitting there just taking it in for a little bit but very cool yeah and it, it just uh you know on the on getting the news and him being surprised by it like I'm I'm really starting to get I'm not annoyed by him. I thought he was unbelievable yesterday. I'm starting to get annoyed by this narrative. Because the same thing we saw sort of with the flurry situation here a couple months ago of I was traded. I, I didn't have any you knew. He forced a trade from Green Bay. Let's not get this twisted and like he was totally caught off guard. He forced a trade and then he's you know telling us like I found out the same way everybody else did. You found out the final news, potentially, that it had happened, that it had gone down. But you didn't know, you weren't in the dark about this happening. You knew that this was on the horizon. You knew they were working on a trade. You knew they were, you you had told them you wanted to go to Las Vegas. Trade me to Las Vegas. So, like, I saw people reacting to that yesterday. Why do they, they're still not telling guys they're getting traded. There's multiple reasons you can't tell the guy specifically that they're being traded. Um, for several things, but in this case, he had told them, trade me there. He knew they were working on a trade to Las Vegas. He just got the final word in that regard, and uh, his mom came up a couple times in the press conference yesterday, which which was uh, which was some good stuff uh, that went on, but I, I thought in general, as you're hearing from Devontae Adams, like, just very chill, very cool, like, you know, open. A pro. Sure, a pro. No question. Not someone you'll have to manage like a Henry Ruggs or Antonio Brown. I still think Henry Ruggs was incredibly professional in every way until one night. Um, but I and, and I think like Antonio Brown showing up in a you know hot air balloon with a police escort and then not being able to run because his feet are frozen. That was a sign. That was a sign. <laughs> that was a real bad sign. Uh, Josh McDaniels called Devontae Adams to tell him about the news. How'd that go? It was good, man. It was, well, first he called me like three times and I don't use the answer and I'm just getting blown up. So I don't know who's calling me. And it was like a Colorado number. Yeah. So I was sitting there and then I was like, I had a feeling I was on the phone. My dad said, I got a feeling that I should be answering this one because somebody's calling me like it was like four times in a row. I'm like, so I answered and he's like, 
hey, Devontae, Coach McDaniel. I'm like, okay, I, this is, this, yes, I'm glad I finally, so I guess he's not a texter. He didn't want to text me. Um, Dave uh, Ziegler texted me, and, and he let me know, so I ended up calling him back, and we actually talked uh, all together on the phone. But basically, uh, they, they both let me know they're ready to get to work, and then met, uh, met Coach today, uh, met Dave the other day. So uh, we're starting to get this thing rolling, man. Met about 200 people the other day. It was a lot, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to probably roll back through to remember all the names, but uh, we got time for sure. You meet 200 people. How many do you remember? Five? Three. Okay. Maybe. <laughs> uh, so Josh McDaniels, a phone call guy, Dave Ziegler, a texter. Uh, I thought the Colorado number was the most interesting thing out of the whole thing. That means McDaniels got his number when he was in Colorado and hasn't changed it. I mean, who, want, who changes their number? Nobody. Well, nobody. I, I would have thought he had it before he went to Colorado. We know what part of life McDaniels was in eh. when he got his number now. It's only in his 30s. Sure. Right. You figure I, you get a cell phone late nineties, early two thousands. Sure. I mean I think I think I've had my number since ninety seven. I think mine since like two thousand, maybe ninety nine. Sure. Well we know that when he got his, when he was in Colorado, he didn't get it before that. That's interesting to me. I don't know why. It just is. Um and yeah, uh, and again, like Devontae Adams finds out his new the news from Twitter. Why? Because he doesn't answer his phone. Neither do I. Nor do I. But but I but I think And and I have my phone now set. Uh, just anyone who calls, it's all it's all listed as uh, scam. Yeah, everyone sure. is listed as scam now. Yeah, for every single call. So either text or it's never going to happen. Yeah, and and in this case, but but again, the nobody told me I was being traded. Somebody probably did. They probably called you and you didn't you answer really, the phone. You really worked up about uh, some misinformation here. It's some not confusion. this. It's, it's, it's going back. It's, it's going back to flurry. But it's all. But it's also. I saw this the other day, and I was talking to some some VGK fans on Twitter with the Dodonov deal, and we'll get into that a little bit later. But the why didn't they tell him? Why did he have to know from social media? There are reasons these things happen, and there are also also communication things that happen along the way. But um, yeah, so I, when Devontae Adams said that yesterday, I was like, Ugh. it was the one moment of his news conference. Well, two, I talked about it with you guys yesterday that uh, there was a question I wanted to ask that I wasn't able to, um, and I can't believe nobody else did, but. Other than that, I just thought the whole thing, as you're hearing from him, you know, funny, but not like over the top, you know, just answering questions, was engaging, professional, all of those things. I thought it was it was a great press conference for Devontae Adams. What a couple of days for Raiders fans. You get uh, one of the best receivers in all of football, and then this morning we find out one of the other great receivers in the league is out of the division. The Chiefs deal Tyreek Hill to the Miami Dolphins. Reaction on that coming up. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. It's Hill in the open. Cuts it upfield. He might be gone. He is. Kansas City takes the lead with a minute to go from 64 incredible yards. It's over. Okay, terrific. It's time for ESPN Las Vegas legal insider Justin Watkins to lay down the law. Only on Cofield and Company. It is over. Yes, it is over. Kansas City moves on Tyreek Hill. We'll get into all the details on this one, but uh, reality strikes when you pay your quarterback 35, 40, 45, 50 million dollars. You can't keep all of your weapons and Tyreek Hill wanted a payday and this one developed pretty quickly. I guess it was 
initially developing last week, but a shocker for many people. Justin Watkins in here, big football fan, big fantasy football guy. VGK as well. well. We'll see if we can get to VGK later on. I mean, this is not – it's not a good situation right now. Are you blown away by the fact that the Chiefs moved Tyreek Hill? This division has a new blockbuster headline like every two days. I know. Yeah, I mean, as a AFC West guy, it's it's awesome. It's been a, a crazy offseason. I am a little surprised that they moved Tyreek Hill. Um, but, you know, I mean, I, I guess, you know, Miami's going to have some some more weapons. I think they've got a lot of weapons already. Uh, it'll They're going to be an interesting team next year. And Miami trying to take advantage of Tua's rookie deal, like mm-hmm. the, the Chargers are also. Yes. Um, it's really intriguing. First of all, I think it's a really good trade for Kansas City. Um, Tyreek Hill is obviously an unbelievable weapon. He's getting hurt all the time now. Yep. He's getting to the age where you're always hurt. Tell yep. people what they got. Um, they got six draft picks, including first and second this year. First and third this year, I think maybe one. Either way, they have I believe it's 14 picks in the first four rounds the next two years. So it's it's their way of saying, all right, let's we'll take Mahomes' contract, we'll rebuild around him, we'll stock up with a bunch of talent around him. Um, I think a, a good move by them. And I will go back, like this is obviously Raiders related to me because as I as I talked about last week and man some people were going after me on Twitter yesterday um the, the contract that they signed with Devontae Adams is not a good contract it's kind mm-hmm. of a silly contract that they signed with a guy that's about to be 30 now he is unbelievable he's the guy that Carr wanted and if Carr is going to take a discount because Adams signed the deal becomes a much more inter- more you know friendly deal for the team those start those things start to make a little bit more sense but the contract also pushed Tyreek Hill out of Kansas City Mm-hmm. Because the Devontae Adams deal said to, said to Tyreek Hill, you got to make more than this. And the Chiefs said, we're not paying you what they paid him. That's crazy. Right. And that pushed him out. So if your deal with the Raiders, part of it is, hey, we're going to get Devontae Adams. We're also going to get a car at a cheaper price, perhaps, because we signed this deal. And the Chiefs aren't going to be able to match it for Tyreek Hill. And he's going to get out of there. Now it starts to become a better deal for the Raiders. Well, some 4D chess from the Raiders. Sure. Sure. Now it's still silly on its surface, right? But now it starts to make a little bit more sense. Yeah. No, I agree from from the perspective that it's a good move for the Chiefs. I mean, you got a thirty year old, or you got a receiver who's starting to break down a little bit, um, and, and he's smaller in stature. He's the kind of receiver that is is I don't think um, somebody you want to invest in long term at this age at, after the number of injuries he's had, and you get all these draft picks over the course of the next couple of years. So yeah, you got to pay Mahomes. You got to sign them to, you know, huge deals. But if you can keep get, having rookie contracts around all the other skill positions, you're going to be competitive for a long time. Also, uh, for those that say this is the end of the chiefs, uh, I did just see the stat two years ago, Tyreek Hill missed four games during those four games. Patrick Mahomes threw for 363 yards, eight touchdowns, zero interceptions, pass rating of one Oh nine. So he's nothing without Tyreek. Well, four games is a little thin on sample size. Who are those teams? But one was the Raiders. Yeah. <laughs> okay, sure. it's a couple of years ago. All sure. right, I don't think it spells the end for the Chiefs. I no. mean, I, this division is going to be awesome next year. It's oh. going to be awesome to watch. I Great. can't wait. Yeah, very fun. Um, is it going to be fun to watch the Golden Knights the next couple of weeks? <laughs> <laughs> Man, well, I mean, I would love to talk about Donoff and like what's going on there, right? So what what we what we know right now, right, is the NHL has voided the trade. Sure. So, but we don't know if there's going to be any further adjudication on what happened because if you believe what Elliot Friedman said, he says that VGK was under the same understanding that the NHL central office was which was represented to them by Ottawa in the original trade for Dodonov, 
that Dodonov had not submitted his trade list in time and therefore waived his no trade clause. Yeah. So, so first off, if, if if the NHL understands it the same way that Vegas understands that that transaction, if I'm Vegas, I'm saying, whoa, 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 I'm damaged twice. Yeah. Once I traded for Dodonov, thinking there was no restriction on future trades, I gave up more in that trade than I would have if there had been a no trade clause timely filed. So I'm owed compensation for the misleading information that Ottawa gave me there. Two, I have a trade that's now been voided. I couldn't play the guy for two games. I lost both of those games. I don't even know what to do about it now. If I have to trade him now, I'm going to get a worse deal than I originally had because I can only trade him to a team that can't use him for the rest of the year because it's after the trade deadline. So I'm damaged there again. So I wonder if the NHL is going to come up with some unique solution here of something like you get to keep them, but the cap is spent by Ottawa. Your second round pick still goes to Anaheim or something like that. They have to do something. And again, to to back up what you're saying just now from Andy Strickland, who covers the Blues for uh, Bally's, uh, tweets out that it is his understanding from league sources that the league and the Golden Knights were on the same page and the, the blame falls squarely on the shoulders of the Ottawa Senators. Yeah. Well, then there has to be voiding, – voiding the deal is not enough, right? Yeah. Voiding the – we made a deal. But it's also – like, let's just be clear. It's also not fair to Evgeny Dodonov who oh, – right. Dodonov who says, wait a minute. Okay, I get what that you're wronged. Right. But I'm not allowed to be traded to them. So totally, whoa, whoa. yeah, yeah. So you get from his perspective why he was like, no. But the Golden Knights, you're right, are now punished twice in this scenario, and the people that are like Golden Knights are stupid, like settle down. And again, here's a, a part of this that people have been saying. You know, if you go to like over the cap or cap friendly, it says that the Donov has a no trade clause, and people are like, well, it says right there. If they know, why don't the teams know? Again. This was not a set no-trade clause. This was every year you have to submit a list of 10 teams that you are not to be traded to that year. And the Senators told the Golden Knights and the league, he didn't submit that list, so the no-trade clause is off. So now there is no no-trade clause, so it's not on the, the league or the or the Golden Knights. Right. It's on the Senators. Dude, the stupidest argument I've heard on Twitter in regards to all this is, look at Cap Friendly. Why couldn't they look at Cap <laughs> right. Friendly? A no-trade clause gives you no-trade rights that you can exercise under certain contractual conditions. The conditions in this contract were, just like you said, submit the list by noon of July 1st. If you don't, you waive those rights. So I don't. How, how would Cap Friendly know if you've waived those right. rights or not? They're right. just mentioning that it was in the contract. That's immaterial to the whole argument. It does not matter. If somebody doesn't exert their rights, then they say, Oh, Vegas had them for eight months, and they didn't go ask the the agent or the player for clarification. Why would I? Why would, they? Why would I do that? I want him to try to assert rights that I think he's waived. That's not my job, <laughs> right? The NHL has my back. They agree that that's what the Senators have said. There's no way they have any fault in this. They don't owe a duty to go check or try to get somebody to reassert their contractual rights if they haven't asserted them. In fact, that's really bad business. That'd be yeah. really stupid, of course. right? So like, I, I think there, there has to be some next layer of adjudication here. There has to be some compensation owed to the Golden Knights, probably to Anaheim too. I mean, they're missing out on a second-round pick 
and they were going to dump like six and a half yeah. million dollars. It was a terrible trade for the Golden Knights, oh, yeah. you know. But they were going to dump six and a half million dollars of dead salary cash, cash. Uh, yeah, yeah cash. onto the Golden Knights for the next year. So they got there got shafted too. Golden Knights statement for those that haven't seen it: The Vegas Golden Knights recognize the league's decision and welcome Evgeny back to our club. <laughs> oh, <man>. oh boy, <laughs> so that's just it's just the perfect microcosm of this season. Anything that could go wrong went wrong. They didn't even do anything. <laughs> wrong here no. and now they're just stuck they're stuck in, there's no way they're making the playoffs i'm already planning my 37 percent. no way there's no way what if somebody comes back who they don't have room to bring them back they can't they get the five million in cap relief <laughs> they need that now yeah. if, if the league just gives them the five million, which i don't know how they're gonna do that uh then then they have a chance but they can't off, they can't pull anybody off ltir it's rough Justin Watkins, Battleborn Injury Lawyers. Uh, we'll get to uh, legal side of things on the way back. The latest with the Dana White sex tape. Call Battleborn Injury Lawyers, 702-570-9000 with your questions today. It's time for ESPN Las Vegas legal insider Justin Watkins to present the facts. Only on Cofield and Company. Company. 5709000 is the number here at Battleborn Injury Lawyers. We're at the Battleborn Broadcast Center. Justin Watkins in, Adam Hill, Cofield. So we'll get to the latest with the Dana White sex tape. He's the head of the UFC in just a couple minutes. You know, he's a big player over at the Palms when it was the Palms, when huh. it existed. Uh, that sale is still in limbo, pending approval with, uh, I think it's gaming. So, you know, the Palms have been closed forever. Well, they had contracts, right? Yep. We've talked about what was going to happen potentially with COVID shutdowns and clauses that would allow people to get out of contracts. Well, apparently something happened here with one of the DJs, Cascade, who was playing at Chaos. Well, they closed down the Palms. He's like, I have a contract. I want my money. He got some money, like a lot. Well, yeah, and I, I think the point of the matter is, is that he was performing in November. The contract was entered in, in 2019 and 2020. He was performing in 2019 they canceled one of his shows on the venue and and cited like some renovations. They paid him for that. Then they canceled another one, said it was renovations, and did not pay him for that. And then effectively just sort of terminated the contract by not booking him any further, even though he'd signed on for two years of 30 shows per year. So this is pre-COVID, though. Yeah, that's, pre -COVID. The, that, right, that's, that, that's the COVID important March part. Of 2020. Now... The, the other the important part of that is is the defense said hey listen even if we had paid him through everything was going to be shut down in, by covid anyway in in march so we shouldn't owe him two years of damages or the whole year of 2020 damages we should only owe him damages from november to march which is only about seven shows remaining that should be the maximum of his damages what the court said is, is in federal court what the federal court said is that's not good enough because there were creative solutions that other venues were trying in the time of 2020, maybe not immediately, but later in 2020, where they were doing streaming shows that were well attended, people were paying for drive in shows that people attended and were paying for. So you, we have no evidence that you were ever going to try that thing. It's too speculative to just say it was impossible. COVID uh, game over. 
And so he, he was awarded eight million bucks. Um, you know, basically he was awarded the full boat of what he would have been paid all of those shows, uh, you know, minus anything that it would have cost him to put those shows on. Um, and so I, I think it's the right ruling. I think it's the right to ruling. There shouldn't be just this carte blanche windfall because COVID without any recognition that there you would have been contractually obligated, if possible, to find alternative means to put on the show. Would would the you know, obviously the counter be, and I'm sure they made it, it didn't must not have been successful, but sure, you can do all those alternative things, but the whole reason he was coming here is to bring people to our casino. Right. Like we didn't have if we didn't have the ability to bring people in, then we couldn't have done those alternative forms. So then the argument would have been what was the difference in cost it would have been for you to perform it at a different location or or to stream it, right? Arguably, if they streamed it, they could have got more people to attend and actually more revenue. The argument could cut the other way. I mean, some of those streaming shows had millions of people, you know, sign on at yeah, 10 bucks a piece. But it's a million people, yeah. you know, versus a couple hundred people or a couple thousand people fitting into a nightclub venue. So uh, th that argument can cut both ways. Sure. Um, yeah, th that it's th I think there's probably going to be a lot of these things that come out right of of contracts or things that were supposed to happen and they weren't allowed to happen. And then business tried to get out of them. And like these we're going to see a lot of these suits coming up. right? Well, I think this one's a little bit unique because they it's it, it, I feel it's more slam dunk on behalf of the performer because it, the cancellations happened before COVID. Mm -hmm. Now, let's say that you have that contract, you're signed, you're getting ready to perform and lockdown happens right then. And they make the call. We're closing everything down. We have no idea when we're coming back. And it's all because of COVID. And you're going to argue in in your that it's a force majeure. Like you, you have no control over this. The government has shut everything down. It's impossible for you to perform this contract. I think in that situation, you might find a fact finder that says, you know what? Yeah, maybe later by the end of 2020, things sort of change. But at the beginning, nobody thought anybody was going to concerts anytime soon. And so we think it's a reasonable position. I, I think there's a better argument there here that simply wasn't the case and they tried to use it headline and this is a story that adam's been covering uh, pretty in depth for whatever it is now about five years nevada supreme court sides with dana white in sex tape legal battle so this goes back to a 2014 brazil trip where a woman he was with videotaped sex on her cell phone you want to explain the rest where the yep. the boyfriend got involved and then he then tried there was an agreement that he was going to get paid uh the dana white side says it was extortion right well no so i mean i think it's undisputed he was convicted of it and pled guilty to it that he attempted to then extort dana white for um not releasing the sex tape uh and try to get paid for it dana white allegedly did not pay for it uh press charges uh, got the authorities involved. By the way, he, he scheduled a meeting to pay him and had the FBI there to arrest the guy. Right. That, that's how this whole thing went down in the first place. So he's like, all right, yeah, show up. I'll give you the money. Right. The FBI is there waiting oh. for him. What, yeah. what the, the, uh, <laughs> what the, the, the gentleman, the boyfriend alleges is that later when the criminal prosecution's going on, Dana White uh, 
allegedly offers him 450,000 is the number that's in my head. 450,000 if he'll plead guilty to the charges and just serve the time so that he could save face and that his identity is never revealed. So he comes to him right before the trial yep. and he's like, hey, I don't want this trial. Yes. Because in the trial, my name will come out and my, I will be known that's here. So here's 400, I'll give you 450,000 when you're done. Yep. Plead guilty. Don't go to trial. So my name doesn't come out. And when you're done serving your time, the money will be waiting for you. Yes. First of all, is that legal? <laughs> so no it's not um it, it's not a legal contract because it's it's witness tampering okay <laughs> right so you cannot have a contract that's uh, illegal in in nature so uh i don't believe that that's a legal contract and ultimately that's why i believe all the courts since that point have dismissed this action and agreed on the dismissal of this action so then the next step is he goes in serves his time comes out and is like where's my 450 yeah. And then he's like, it's like, you know, go kick rocks, buddy. I'm not giving you $450,000. So now he sues Dana White for the $450,000 on a breach of contract. Lower court says, we're not doing that. We're not enforcing an illegal contract. Even if everything he says is true, that's not an enforceable contract. We, we're not going to enforce contracts that break the law. Sorry, you're on your own. He appealed it to the Supreme Court. Supreme Court agreed. And so I think we're sort of at the end of his remedy road here. Um, I don't think he's ever going to see his 450000 So even if there was like a written contract, they would have thrown it out, in your opinion? I, I, I believe so, yes. So my, my question would be, and I don't, I don't know who his attorney was, and I don't want to put you in a bad spot if you do. No. Would, like, would the attorney for this guy have been like, dude, what are you, why are you pleading guilty? And the guy was like, oh, they're going to pay me to, to plead guilty, so I'm just going to do it. Like, you mean it in the him? criminal action? Yeah. In the, well, I mean... Maybe he doesn't say, I don't know. Maybe he just, he, I'm sure that happens all the time right before trial that the criminal defendant says, all right, all right, take the plea deal. Like, I don't want to go to trial. Like, I don't, you know, it's scary. It's scary to put your freedom in the, in the hands of, you know, 12 straight. Wouldn't, I mean, if it was me, I don't know. Maybe I'm just crazy. I would have told my lawyer like, yeah, the dude's paying me 450,000. That's why I'm pleading guilty. Well, so that's the, the interesting part about all of that and, and where, the the lack of justice here is is that there was no criminal investigation about dana white offering this guy four hundred fifty thousand right. dollars to plead guilty if that is allegedly true right right because that's illegal that's an illegal act himself so um you know clearly people don't think that that's true um but i mean i think there i haven't heard of any indication that even a criminal investigation was opened up into to check into that and I, I believe they should have. I said a super weird question popping into my mind about another UFC story that's happening. So I just want to throw it out to you. Um, we've talked about like legal, like agreeing to fight. Yeah. Right. That you can, that can happen. Right. Yep. Where you can make an agreement like, hey, I'm going to fight you. I want to fight you. And in certain states, I think certain states you can't, yep. but certain states you can't, whatever. For sure. Um, in, the, in the case of Jorge Masvidal and Colby Covington that's going on in Florida right now, for those that don't know, Colby Covington is out of dinner. He leaves dinner. Jorge Masvidal's there and punches him allegedly four times, um, knocks his tooth out, uh, leaves some, some, some bleeding, some abrasions, and then runs away. Um, he is – the police report was filed. He has not been charged yet with that crime. My thought is if there is an agreement, if you can make an agreement to fight, Jorge Masvidal publicly said, if you show your face in Miami – that is a signal to me that you are ready to fight me. 
No, it's on. Not, no, no, that's not an agreement. He doesn't have the right to determine territory. It becomes no, but that, that you that's appearing right. in Miami is an agreement that we are going to fight. If he tried to make that argument, I would argue this, and this is sort of outside the box legal theory, but I would argue false imprisonment on his part because he has prevented me from going. He's he has locked me into the rest of the world outside of Miami, okay. right through his threats. So. No, that would not be deemed consent through action by appearing where I told you not to be. He doesn't have the legal right to to make that determination of where he can freely go. Okay, that just popped but, into my mind. I yeah, was thinking, I was thinking about a weird legal thing. It most, I think most lawyers would be like false imprisonment. What are you talking about? Because <laughs> it's constraining you to one area that you're not allowed to leave. And I would argue it's false imprisonment because you've constrained me to everywhere in the world but Miami. I'm guessing you would also advise Jorge and his manager to stop making public comments insinuating that they did it, like saying dentistry is a beautiful art. Yeah. I I, I have some thoughts on it, but I, I better to keep them to myself. I want to go to Miami. <laughs> Let's take a breath. Justin Watkins, Battlemore Injury Lawyers on the way back. We had a, a showdown between an NBA player and a fan where the NBA player took his phone and chucked it into the crowd. How much trouble is he in and why wasn't he arrested? Call Battleborn Injury Lawyers, 702-570-9000, with your questions today. It's time for ESPN Las Vegas legal insider Justin Watkins to present the facts only on Cofield and Company. All right, rolling on. Justin, giving us some extra time today because we had so many legal stories to get to. 570-9000 is a number here at Battleborn Injury Lawyers. We're in their uh, beautiful new studios. Uh, this story I knew would get people when I saw it. I was like, what is going on here? Uh, one gas station is alleging that another gas station is undercharging for gas and wants to sue. Do I have any of those details correct? What's going on here? Yeah, this is <laughs> this is sort of crazy. There's there's a, a a fair trade law in the state that says uh, well that the uh, the plaintiffs are alleging says that you cannot go below the price of gas in your your pricing, and that they're saying the the average price of gas is more reflective of the cost of gas and the fact that they're going below is their, their price cutting and it's unfair trade practices. I refuse to believe that they are reading this law correctly. There's <laughs> no way the law says that it, a business does not have a right to lose money if it wants to. Like, there's no way. I, 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 that is <laughs> the opposite of fair trade practices. You know, capitalism and fair trade as it's defined in, in our economic system is the right to do that if you want. But okay, let's let's assume that's the case. What the defendants are saying is, dude, we're right in line with the cheap gas guys, like the Costco's and the the price clubs and and all of that. We're actually we're, more. Yeah, we're, we're 10 we're, cents more. Yeah, we're right there with them. That gas station's 6 miles away. We're an alternative to that. So it's the weirdest thing. It uh, like I hope this gets thrown out with such quickness that we don't see any oxygen putting into this little fire here that encourages this kind of lawsuit or this kind of practice. We need more companies like that minimizing their profits at a time when it's hurting right now. You know, thankfully, I mean, I drive a truck, man. I I cannot fill up my truck. Right, the yeah. credit card well, shuts down. Go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. shut down at seventy five. 
125. It will not go. I can't fill it up. How big is your tank? 30 gallons? 32 gallons. Oh, my God. Yeah, we have one of our uh, producers. We have one of our producers for Remote Tax who just bought a pickup truck like four months ago. Oh. So I just bust his horns almost every day on Twitter. I'm like, how's that pickup? Oh, I just got to Because cl- his kept stopping at 75. He's like, I can't fill it up. Well, I have a client who just got an accident. Just got her car two weeks ago. Tesla, she orders, right? Gets smashed in an accident. And she's like, and now they're going to give me a rental car with gas, aren't they? And I got to pay these gas prices when I wouldn't have had to pay them before. And I'm like, yeah, we're putting it on the claim. That's like, great. You, you know, it's yes, that stuff matters now. And your Tesla was the all the old rules are gone, right? If you own an electric vehicle right now and you pulled off the lot, the rule that you've now lost 20 true. Your car is worth more when you pull it off the lot than it is before you before you take it off the lot. All electric cars are that way, you know, right now in this market, largely driven by gas prices, but also there's a shortage of cars available in general, gas gas or otherwise. So it's a really interesting time in what I do because all the old rules are just thrown out. Ari's got a question off Twitter from a listener. Yeah, uh, not a listener, just random, but this is good. A uh, car rental agreement says if I don't bring it back full, they'll charge $3.99 per gallon, but gas is $6 a gallon here. Does that mean that all these are going to change? Is that something you could actually argue like, hey, this is the agreement? Like, Or, or can <laughs> the company just be you, like, there's not an agreement that says $3.99. Yeah, they've right already now. changed it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a, th- a $3.99 in well, 2015. What if you run it a month ago? Right. Yeah, no, still. They I can mean, just change it? The, no, no, no. I'm saying there's no, I, I don't I don't believe that there's an agreement that says $3.99 that's no, been in circulation. There could, I mean, if, if you rented a car for like two months. No, but like that, that number is always like five something. It's always well, been crazy that. high. I've never heard $3.99. I know the last car I rented was $9.99. Yeah, exactly. They're <laughs> super high. They're super. I I haven't seen $3.99 and, and I like rent cars when I go on, you know, for business. When I go on business trips, and I'll I'll do that sometimes. Yeah, fill it up, but it rarely works out, right? If it's my personal money, I'm not doing that deal. By the way, yeah, because the person who is asking this question, I think you might have misread. It's it's you can pre-purchase a tank, right? When you buy it, I agree for a certain price, right? And sometimes that is like three ninety nine, four ninety nine, something like that. Because the, but that's before. Now it'll be like. Eight ninety nine yeah. or nine ninety nine. It's I not mean, going to be like that anymore. Yeah, for but sure. That you would have already pre-purchased the tank at that point. Yeah. So if you rented it a month ago, you'd have already paid that price. Totally. Yeah. 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 And of course, that's enforceable. It's it's not it's not an open market subject to change based on the gas prices. <laughs> market price. it, yeah, it's not a market price <laughs> no, deal, right? No. So yeah, absolutely, you could enforce that. But it, I would <laughs> I would bet that you're not going to find anything close to that right now. It's it's going to be more than that 999 number. I do enjoy about. situations like this where people are just completely like turned around and their their opinions go like nuts. Like I I know some friends who are extremely Republican, extremely, you know, on that side economically, and they were saying that we should regulate gas prices as and I was like, "Whoa, are you coming over to my side? What is this? Yeah. This is great." You know, it's funny. Every time I hear about crazy gas prices, I think about the first time I ever talked to Steve Cofield, and it was years and years and years and years before we actually ever met in a conference room and and talked about me coming on the show. Yeah. And I called in. You guys were talking about the crazy gas prices. I think it was like $1.99. It was getting close to $2. And I called into the show, and I was like, I think it's a good thing for people to realize that gas doesn't come this easy all the time. And you were like... Get out of here! You hung up on me right away. Right away, you hung up on me. I, I never called again. It's the only time. It's the only wise guy show. That's funny. I have, a, I have a bunch of people I've met for the first time, either on the phone or face to face, and they're like, "Man, you were a jerk." 
right? <laughs> Our buddy Tony Miller down at the Golden Nugget was yeah. like, "Yeah, you guys completely blew me off." <laughs> yeah. I'm like, "What? You're like the greatest guy. What are you talking about?" I'm like, "Hung up know. on me. I, I I got maybe like seven seconds into my rant about how oh, high no. gas prices could be good, and you're like, "Get out of here!" Boom, hung up on me. I think it was I think it was two dollars. <laughs> it's two thousand and five or six. I remember I was. No, like, I, I, I still. I think I still have uh, our vast uh, sound system. Still has audio of me screaming something about it's being two sixty a gallon, and I was I was losing it. Okay, you were a, a former public servant. I, I got to get your take on this real quick. Um, one of the hosts on WEI in Boston says Massachusetts residents are literally driving to one of three neighboring states to bet legally on sports and take their tax dollars with them, and this is the kind of garbage response you get from lawmakers. So it's not legal in Massachusetts. That's the whole point. Um, a spokesman for Senate President Karen Spilka said uh, in a statement, it's disheartening that this issue seems to have generated more discussion amongst Beacon Hill watchers than real challenges for people in Massachusetts, uh, uh, like striving to solve. I'm sorry, I screwed that up. Um, the real challenges people in Massachusetts are, are, are facing on a daily basis that they're trying to solve, such as uh, child care, mental health and climate change. To which a lot of people are like, how about we can do all of that and legalize gambling? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to say Uh-oh. she's started the statement, started the statement by saying we are working towards progress on this issue. We're okay. moving forward with it. Right. So she starts by saying this is on our docket. We, this is an issue we're working on. And I, you know, could have been a little bit more artful to say, and these are complicated issues and we want to make sure we get it right the first time. And we're learning from neighboring states and the rest of the country as they have, you know, sort of jumped or accelerated to the start line and maybe made some mistakes along the way. Uh, instead, they take the point to say there are other higher priorities. I don't have a problem with that statement. That's fine. I mean, that's that's fine. They, they do have a ton of issues. Um, and if Could the get, tax dollars from legalized sports gambling help some of those issues, I'm sure that they agree with that. Right. But I, they can't also make everybody agree. Right. The, the political process isn't, hey, this is a good idea. So I've already got all the votes and I've got everything worked out uh, legislatively well, the, about the, what it looks like. That the forces that have been behind illegal gambling still have their hands in the pockets of some public servants. That was the belief in New Jersey and New York and in Massachusetts that you've got. Again, we but know who we're talking about the people with crooked quick. noses, you know, and they've they've got too much sway still. Yeah, but they moved the, the New York, New Jersey moved pretty quickly on this stuff, and New York did, New Jersey did. The, the, eh, even New Jersey wasn't quick, but it, it happened. I mean, I I personally believe they're super complicated issues, especially thank goodness that the the sports leagues didn't get their hands in the till like they were trying to at the oh, very yeah. beginning. That slowed up the whole process. I mean, this, what was that two years ago that I'm on here talking about how crazy it is for MLB to get this, like this take of the handle for the integrity fee. It was like, remember they were batting back some pretty serious things. So I, I, I applaud the ones that got it done. It seems like for the most part, they, the, all the laws that have been passed in other States have been pretty, um well done and they seem to be moving pretty smoothly so it's a drastic change that's occurred in this country in the last five years in that regard so i i don't know i have no problem with that statement i'm sorry i hung up on you it's okay oh so many years ago now i feel terrible Uh, don't worry i've forgotten all about it (laughs) (laughs) hashtag never forget there he is five seven oh nine thousand the number four battle worn injury lawyers Call Battleborn Injury Lawyers, 702-570-9000, with your questions today.